I V M. You're listening to the Drinks and Destinations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Drinks and Destinations podcast. I'm your host Rojita and I have Samira with me. Samira, what do you have to say today? You know Rojita, what I have to say today is very easy to like sit back in your house and order junk food. It's very <laughs> easy to sit at home, order like beers or a bottle of wine and just glug it down. But you know what's really important? Yeah, tell me. Fine dining etiquettes, wine etiquettes. Yeah. And when you're out of the house, you're in a corporate setting or you're in a formal setting where you're meeting important people. How to behave is very important. Oh yeah, I think there have been a lot of issues with in that department for a lot of people, right. and especially if you have to go out on a date with someone and you and you've been given like a huge wine list in a restaurant, you don't know how to behave and what to say there, how to select a bottle of wine. I think that could be a very tricky situation, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And all of us, I think, some point have been through that, and you want to save yourself through that embarrassment. So don't worry, guys. We are here today to save you because we have someone really. really special with us in the studio who's going to help us get to know all these grooming and etiquette formats absolutely are you going to introduce our guest yes too? absolutely she's a very special guest we have right over here and uh, she what she does best is corporate grooming international etiquette fine dining training and apart from that she has flown as a vvip hostess on the prime minister's foreign official visits wow yes so i'm talking about miss sunita sodi kanga D&D chat. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello Samira, hello Rita. Thank Hi. you so much for having me over. Thank you so much for coming to the studio today. And tell us what's happening in the corporate grooming industry right now. Oh, uh, well, I'm very busy. as you can imagine because there are so many people who have the same questions like what samira said <laughs> so uh, yes this is very much uh, a topic that is in high demand uh, because it's also a lot of fun and it's not just corporate actually you know the, the yes mostly it's uh, the corporates who hire me um, from a business angle but it's actually very useful even from a social angle mm-hmm. all these tips wow so mm-hmm. uh, i would really like to ask about your journey first of all because it's very interesting uh, you started your career with air india as an international air hostess and you were crowned miss world airlines in 1989 so from that to here how, how did, did it go? all start yeah. when did you realize that i you know this is what you would like to do okay as far as the airline went uh, i think i was about 6 years old when i had decided that i uh, wow. when i grow up wow. i want to be an air hostess and that's what i was and i was crowned the best air hostess in the world which came i i suppose something with the universe and goals etc who <laughs> <laughs> was working how there how old were you then i was 20 when i joined the airline uh, oh. so i was actually quite young but mm-hmm. um, it just so happened that as soon as i graduated there was an opening and it just so happened that i was right there giving all my exams went through the process and before you knew it i was flying my dream come true i loved my job very much mm-hmm. and um i love travel and i like drinking wine <laughs> so uh, put you it know, all together i put it all together so when i used to fly i used to go for all these wine trails i used to get to drink really nice wines and uh, as a flight attendant they train you you mm-hmm. know on wines etc because you're serving them so i was very always very interested and um, uh, you know i've used all those trainings that i got to the current thing uh, that i do well um, i flew for 8 years mm-hmm. 
uh, where I was a VVIP hostess also, where I used to fly the then Prime Minister on his uh, official visits abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, I quit flying uh, like a lot of mothers in those days. I wanted to be a hands-on mother. The day my daughter, elder daughter was born, I quit flying. I have two daughters. And uh, because I wanted to do something from home, I started uh, uh, my own brand of skin and hair care products. So what's not mentioned here is that <laughs> I wow. also have my own brand of skin wow. and hair care products. What, what are those called? Uh, it's called Salon Secrets. It's a very small boutique uh, kind of a brand. We have 18 uh, skin and hair care uh, uh, you know, line of uh, under eyes and anti-aging creams mm, and oils nice. and <laughs> things that women love. Um, uh, then, of course, to promote those products, I used to uh, talk uh, a lot about skincare and hair care and go to uh, symposiums and exhibitions. And it was all talking, talking, talking. And uh, somewhere I realized that I can give information really well. And people were always holding on and listening to me, anything and everything. So from skin and hair care, it grew to makeup and then it became attire. And then I started consulting with individuals. They wanted to know how to walk, how to talk. So it grew from there. And it was all uh, freelancing from home because my kids were still young. Then I started working as an as a grooming instructor mm-hmm. uh, for a training, uh, airline training center. Um, and that was when like the girls by that time the girls had grown up and they were ready to go to full day of school so I could do a part-time job Mm -hmm. and I was training a very boisterous group of pilots okay Okay. they were very smart boys naturally Mm -hmm. pilots but they had no manners and I said this is just not going to work I can't just teach them about uh, grooming and how to stand and all when they don't have manners so on my own I decided to take a class on international etiquette And I taught them how to open doors, how to (laughs) shake hands, how to uh, greet ladies and how to eat, how to hold forks and knives and wines. And it was so popular, that class, that after that, everybody else said, we also want to do this class. And before you knew it, I was involved in etiquette. Oh, wow. And then one thing led to the other, word of mouth, somebody from the corporates wanted their staff. And that time there was no corporate training. I'm talking like 15 years ago, there was no corporate training. So there I was. So it's it's all just fallen into place. But mm-hmm. it's, if you see, it's all interrelated because grooming and etiquette is a very... Um, abstract kind of a word if you see and it's kind of a personal choice i mean people yeah i mean they need to realize that if you can't impose that no. on anyone no. saying that you know, oh you need to go for a grooming class Absolutely. or something so it's just you have to realize that maybe you would require to go for a class and to maybe enhance your knowledge and improve your work skills or something like that but you know you'll be surprised that what you're saying is so true because i have not spent one rupee on advertising oh yeah, it's only firefighting. Mm-hmm. When somebody has a problem, let's say somebody went abroad and they made total goofballs, mess of themselves, mess of themselves embarrass the company. Yeah. Maybe That's in a so black tie event where you don't know how to behave. They, there were chapels, yeah. or they were slurping, or they were eating and not discussing business, and they were dressed badly. That's when the HR companies start searching. Oh, we have to do a grooming (laughs) training. We need to do an (laughs) etiquette training. So it's only when people really mess up, they really blunder, that Mm -hmm. people start searching for me. So I get the calls. Uh, you know, and which is which works very well for me because I'm so lazy at marketing myself. <laughs> so that's how it's been with me, and 
I'm just lucky. I'm doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what fun! Great. And also, like, because it, you do corporate grooming, and there are people who have like studied quite a bit. They have a few degrees. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like there's resistance from like a group coming in? Sure. Yeah. For the first five minutes. Oh. And then, <laughs> then they're all yours. <laughs> then they're all mine. <laughs> that knack we have to crack, Rajita. What does she do in those five minutes? <laughs> Absolutely, I have attended a uh, few of her uh, tasting sessions. I remember the cognac tastings that uh, she'd done earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and those are really interesting and okay. very good. And obviously, she is very good at what she does. And I've known her for a very long time now. Uh, but yes, I, this could be very intimidating for some people who are yeah. going there for the first time, and they they don't want to admit that they're actually like yeah, they, they are all Mister Miss Know It Alls, you know. And exactly, feel, yeah. and then it could be a ego hassle as well at some point, isn't it? You know, you'll be surprised that a lot of times uh, my uh, participants are older than me. Ooh. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they have uh, like they got grey hair and they're like CEOs and MDs of companies, and they are sitting and listening to me. But for them, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the juniors and the middle management who have that resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the more senior you get, they realize that, yes, we need, need this. That. Because mm-hmm. they have been through a situation. They're technically extremely sound. They're very intelligent. They know their business. But when they go into the global world, they realize that we are lacking somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, because the suave and the polish is missing. Yeah. And they want this training because mm-hmm. they want to learn it. They know how it's going to help them. So what's the most popular training that you have given to the corporates or regular clients uh, when it comes to drinking? You know, suppose a wine tasting or a, what questions do they ask you usually? Uh, in wine appreciation, you know, my clients, very few of them actually know uh, uh, wines or have been drinking wines because India, as you know, is like a whiskey and spirit drinking country. So vodkas, cocktails, um, whiskeys, beers is very, very popular. And wine is still a mystery for mm-hmm. most of them. They yeah. know mm-hmm. they've heard about wine. They right. know like red wine, white wine, but they have no idea what it is. I've had people ask me, uh, you don't make soda and water in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes. I mean, of course, it's not always that they ask me such questions. Uh, then, uh, so the, they know that internationally, fine dining, wine, they've been offered wines. They they know it's alcohol. But beyond that, it's still a mystery. It's mm-hmm. very foggy. Mm. So um, when we hold these workshops, it's really very basic. I have to start telling them that, you know, it's made out of grapes mm. <laughs> that's like number one yeah right. that's when it's called wines but yeah you do have a lot of people who do drink wine um, who do appreciate wine who uh, they would prefer to have a beer or a whiskey but mm-hmm. if there is only Maybe wine because they're ready of the to fact experiment. that wine is really intimidating and the intimidating and very difficult. nascent and very nascent yeah. it's mysterious so yes and please remember that these people have been studying 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 right. they've been going and really getting those degrees and you know um, a lot more than yeah. I don't know about you guys I can't say I can't I, I don't know about you guys but a lot a more than me <laughs> so um, yeah, somewhere you know they they didn't really experience uh, the finer things of life mm-hmm. and as you know wine can be like very sophisticated and the knowledge never stops Wine 101 
So now that we are talking about wine tastings, suppose uh, I am someone who has no idea what to how to drink wine or order a glass of wine, and I walk into a fine dining restaurant. So can you take us through that uh, process where I would sit down and actually very successfully I can order a good glass of wine without making a like a really fool embarrassing of yeah, yeah fool of, my, fool of yeah. myself and yeah. embarrassing anyone. Sure. So the first thing is that you have to order your food. Okay, okay, because the wine depends on the food that you ordered. You don't do it the reverse way. You first decide what you want to eat, and uh, now uh, if you're eating in courses, uh, if you start with a salad, then preferably you should have a wine that matches the salads and the fish course, and then of course you go to the the red meat. So the red wines come along. But if you don't want to go so elaborate, you don't mm-hmm. want to order three, four different wines, mm-hmm. then it's okay to just order one bottle, which should be like a popular choice, uh, which kind of matches with everybody's uh, uh, choices. Now, if you want to have wine by the glass, that is also okay because mm-hmm. people have discerning tastes. Uh, maybe she wants a rosé. Maybe you want a white wine. Maybe I want a red wine. But if everybody's agreed, for example, to order a bottle of uh, rosé mm-hmm. or a red wine, then of course you order uh, a bottle which everybody shares. So I suggest that when you're two people, order a bottle okay. because I mean yeah. you can drink three glasses <laughs> each. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page with that. <laughs> it's not going to get wasted. <laughs> If you're dining alone, yes, well, you, you, yeah, you know, that's a different glass. story. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, you would go wine by the glass. So, first, you have to decide what you want to eat mm-hmm. and then look at the wine list after mm-hmm. you have decided. And then, uh, of course, you can uh, use the help of a sommelier mm-hmm. uh, or the maitre d' or a senior waiter who knows what you have ordered. He may make a nice suggestion. Uh, he may lead you to the most expensive wines, mm-hmm. so you have to be yeah. careful. but you don't have to. You're not mm-hmm. obliged to. You can say, oh, can I have an Australian? Can I have an Indian wine? Can I have something below this budget? Mm-hmm. You know, you can always indicate to them because obviously they, they have to upscale, upsell their um, establishment. So uh, once you've decided you want a red or a rosé or this is the budget, you want an Indian, you want old world, you want new world, then of course it shrinks down to what are the uh, choices Hmm. and uh, well then you make a decision sometimes it is a decision made on a previous wine that you have enjoyed or uh, had someone has recommended someone has recommended something you've heard about or sometimes it may be oh I've never tasted this let's order that Mm -hmm. so it really could be um, uh, it's very variable there are no yeah. hard and fast rules. See, that's and then sometimes you know, there are vintages that would confuse you totally if you don't know about wine. So vintages, then. though, I don't even get into, mm. <laughs> you yeah, know, of course. because that, that makes it even more complex. Yeah. Uh, but yes, what you need to do is if you have ordered a certain vintage, like let's say you ordered a 2011 wine, um, an Argentinian 2011 wine, and when he brings the wine to you, you should check if it's the mm. same vintage. Mm-hmm. Because it, on the menu, it may be written as a 2011, but he may have brought you a 2015. Mm-hmm. So just check that part, which is why they always show you the bottle. Or maybe a much day. earlier vintage and you might end up paying more for that huh, sometimes. So, so all correct. those things also needs to be taken yeah. care of. Yeah. And would you also recommend that you should ask for a, a sip of the wine before ordering the complete bottle? Certainly. Because obviously sometimes the wines are not stored properly in these stores and Absolutely. it's very important to know that you are, what you're served is what is good. Right. So typically, see... Um, if you're ordering a bottle and if that bottle is on the wine by glass list then it's very easy for them to give you a taste Hmm. right Mm -hmm. because they just take it from the wine by the glass bottle which is already open Uh, if you're ordering a bottle 
uh, then they, it is mandatory. I mean, they are absolutely going to give you a taste of it yeah. uh, before they serve the guests. So it is the duty of the host to actually sip the wine, taste it, give the say, and see that it is in good condition to be served to your um, guests. And only after you've gone through this whole process uh, will it be offered to your guests. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people, uh, the funny uh, things that are coming to my mind is that a lot of people, the first question they ask me is, ma'am, if we don't like the wine, can we return the bottle? <laughs> okay, that's a standard question. Yeah. So I said, yes, that's the whole reason why you're doing this tasting, right. this elaborate tasting, because you're going to be paying a lot of money for that bottle. Exactly. So yes, of course. So he, they said, but how do we come to know uh, that it is not good? So I said, well, you open about 200 bottles of wine before and then you will be able to detect a wine fault. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it is uh, quite difficult. Very actually, difficult. You know, if you very don't difficult. Yeah. yeah. So 200 bottles PO <laughs> after that tell me. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss this with you after that. <laughs> so this is ordering wine in a restaurant if you'd go. What about like the process? Would you say is it similar for gifting wine? Like if you, are, if you know your boss is a wine lover or you're going out on a date and you know this girl likes wine, how would you recommend someone choose a perfect bottle of wine to gift? Wines make excellent gifts, mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to somebody's house or uh, visiting, I would say it's the best gift to give. It doesn't have a shelf life mm -hmm. uh, like mitai or chocolates. Mm -hmm. and, um, everybody likes wine, right? And it, it's, uh, it, it's something that can be re-gifted. <laughs> so, uh, it, of course, the first thing that you need to do is know that your host is going is a uh, he drinks mm -hmm. because if he's a teetotaler it would be such a waste mm -hmm. of a gift yeah. so that's the number one thing and if yes if he is then it makes a very elegant gift um, I would say that you choose something uh, depending on their taste if you know there's a particular wine that they like it would be wonderful to give that to them if he's a connoisseur then you want to be really careful and if you really want to impress them pick up the best bottle and which he will appreciate he knows it's special it's hard to uh, come by it's a collector's item and all but then you have to have really deep pockets for that <laughs> depends on how much makhan you want tomorrow on them uh, otherwise I think a mid mid section wine and especially um, uh, you know we have some very nice Indian wines Mm -hmm. um, uh, a lot of people have this snob value that Indian wines are not good and only if it's imported it makes a good gift but I don't think that's true I think we in India have I, I think Rojita will agree with me uh, not all wines are good you can't say that but you always have that one or two yeah. uh, pick you know uh, every winery makes yeah. one or two wines which are really quite excellent nice. and if you do a blind tasting most people might not even uh, know that it's an Indian wine hmm. in fact the range between uh, 700 to 2000 right now has such brilliant wines in the market uh, starting from Indian, local Indian wines to some imported wines yeah. it's just much easier for us to in fact uh, Absolutely. go and gift someone if needed Mm -hmm. That's right. And you have these pretty looking wine bags. I've seen so many different yeah. types of wine bags, which also look uh, quite lovely. Quite good. Yeah, that's true. All right. So let's go on a short break. And when we come back, we talk to Sunita more about uh, what to order and uh, how exactly to behave in events. Did you know that some termites in Africa have a pleasantly minty flavor? Did you know that India's largest music festival was in a way conceptualized in Estonia? Did you know that the awesomest chips in the world are found only inside US prisons? Hello, I'm Chuck. I'm Sri Ked. And I'm Naren. 
and together we are simplified a podcast that helps you appear smarter to an audience that knows no different or give you some stuff to talk about at parties we are ultra crepidarians and if you don't know what that means then tune in to simplified with a b on itunes audio boom or your favorite podcasting app episodes out every fortnight Welcome back and before going on the break we were talking to Sunita about uh, wine etiquette and basically how to behave when you go to an event and you have to taste a lot of wines or alcohol in general and uh, she specializes in corporate grooming and uh, she also advises people on how to behave in these places so Sunita have you ever encountered any such problem or any such uh, kind of people who have come across as someone who definitely need to go for a grooming class you mean in my social uh, yes. parties in your experience oh, yes. in general <laughs> all the time so please all tell us how time. the experience was so uh, you, i mean there are so uh, you, but you know i always try and ignore uh, people when i meet socially because i say i'm off duty off duty don't mm-hmm. be critical don't be so it's an occupational hazard <laughs> with me i just can't help it Uh, you can't I ignore see, it. Yeah. I can't. I can't help it, right? But I don't ever tell people that they need my classes. <laughs> <laughs> so that would need just, a lot of self control. I, I just very, very discreetly hand them my card. <laughs> so that's but, a sign. Yeah. So if you if she gives <laughs> no, us the no, card no, by the end of today, Rajita, <laughs> we know that we're in for some <laughs> grooming. No, 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 not at all, please. <laughs> oh dear God! Even if we want your number, don't give us your card, please. <laughs> but uh, you know there's one thing that i always find very confusing like the greetings in different countries have a different way hmm. and sometimes you, like just recently this happened with me i was in a party and i was meeting one uh, french person one uh, british and uh, there was someone from germany hmm. and there was one person from india and you know by the end of that greeting process i was so confused i had no idea how exactly how many kisses, kisses. do you <laughs> on both the side it just yeah. it's totally messed it's up it's as mysterious as wine isn't it yeah absolutely one kiss two kiss three and that's kiss. when i remembered you i think i wish sunita was around to I tell me i actually have a slide on it i i spent 15 minutes discussing social kissing <laughs> or what is known as le bis Uh, oh, the French okay. call. So um, you know, um, might as well tell you the way I tell it. Yeah, please. I so, think that's interesting. Uh, when you meet somebody for the first time, it's always a handshake. Okay. okay. So a complete stranger, you don't go and kiss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first, <laughs> and not on a whirlpool, definitely one after the other. <laughs> so and it's the prerogative of the lady to offer the hand first. even okay. in uh, European countries. Okay. It's always the uh, lady who offers a hand first. In some places like Austria and Germany and even Italy uh the gentleman will take your hand very lightly and he will turn it around and maybe kiss the hand okay mm-hmm. oh. which is so charming <laughs> so um the gentleman listeners if you're listening to me please remember that it's 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 a air kiss okay just like the kisses on the cheek it's an air kiss so you don't do one wet pachak on the lady's uh hand Thank you just you have so to... much for clarifying yeah. i have encountered some of those oh, experiences yeah. yeah so it's it's a light brushing of the lips on her fingertips mm-hmm. and you're supposed to click your heels along with it so it's this whole process 45 degrees angle lift her oh. hand kiss it and click your heels lovely wow. <laughs> very charming anyway if you if you feel that that's not going to work for you just stick to a handshake yeah. uh, right now um when you meet it's always a cheek to cheek right and yeah. everybody must offer their 
right cheek first otherwise there'll okay. be total confusion ah so you're supposed to your own right cheek you're supposed to offer your right cheek first uh the distance depends on how pretty the lady is but it's still <laughs> cheek to cheek okay. it's still not lip to cheek it's still cheek to cheek one kiss two kiss or three kisses okay. it's a mystery so yeah. rajita i'm sorry I oh, will not yeah. be able to. But usually the French kiss is two. No, right? but in France, in the mm-hmm. north, it may be two. But as you keep going down further south, it turns into three. Oh. In Brussels, sometimes it is three. Sometimes it is two. Oh. West, north, east, south. It is like wine. Yeah. You oh, never so it's know. It's a mystery. It's not been. It's in England, it's always handshake. But some no, people no. insist even, on. Uh, even in England, you after. I'm mean, mm-hmm. not the first one. Remember, I said <laughs> after. Yeah. So when you meet a lady for the next time, yes, um, uh, it's very common to uh, give a kiss, mm. right? Now, women and women kiss. Men and women kiss. Oh yeah, that's another one. <laughs> men and men. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Except in the Middle East. <laughs> So don't even try kissing a lady in the Middle East. <laughs> oh, yeah. You go straight to That's jail. That's a recipe for disaster yeah, yeah, right course. there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the Middle East, men and men kiss, and okay. women and women kiss. But everywhere else, men and men shake hands, they embrace, they tap each other on the back. But no yeah, kissing. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so women and women, it has to be two. No, there's no such rule. Okay. One, two, three. There's no such rule. Okay. Nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. Hmm. Okay. So you're fairly travelled, and you've been invited by embassies all over the world. And like you mentioned earlier, that this is fairly an ab- abstract thing in India still. Corporate grooming, wine etiquettes, fine dining. Where would you say like India stands as compared to rest of the world? Is it something still very new, upcoming, or established? How does it go? Are we well behaved, <laughs> <laughs> or are we getting there? You know, it's uh, uh, cultures are different. There's okay. no culture that is right. There's no culture that is wrong. There's no culture that is good. There's no culture that is bad. They're just different. Mm-hmm. So we end up comparing ourselves to different cultures and wondering if they are right and wrong. Nothing like that. So if you enjoy travel, and uh, what I always tell people is, don't be a tourist. Be a traveler. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, go with an open mind. Stick to your core values. Uh, for example, as a as a Hindu, if you mm-hmm. don't um, eat beef, you know, uh, even if you're traveling. You, that's yeah. your core value. So as long as you're sticking to your core value, for everything else, have an open mind, mm-hmm. and try and imbibe the good parts, uh, the good customs of different countries, and you'll just improve yourself, yeah. right? There's a lot of scope in India because now what is happening is India is uh, doing business globally. Mm-hmm. So far, we were sitting in our own Indian culture. It was all very nice, you know, uh, what people thought about Indians about elephants and snake charmers, oh, etc. Oh my god! <laughs> and monkeys and Rajasthan camels, dances yeah. and camels. Yeah. It's no no longer that. I mean, we are uh, you know technically so sound, and we travel, and we are doing international global businesses. So now, what is happening is that uh, we need to come out of our Indian culture, uh, because, like I said, it's not that you are compromising uh, by uh, learning new cultures. You're just growing uh, yourself. You're just improving your mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah. that is the best etiquette to follow so wherever you go if you've done a little bit of homework and you respect their country's rules and change yourself to follow those country's rules that's the best uh, uh, manners to do which is why i always tell people that be flexible don't be rigid to be rigid is actually bad manners and what about dressing the way you should be dressing to a tasting or a party or a 
maybe maybe if it's a gala dinner and you know that there are like 10 wines to be paired is a black tie dinner maybe hmm. so how exactly are you supposed to behave uh for men and w- women both, women both yeah. okay so uh, even if you if you're only talking about wine tastings there are different types of wine tastings and dinners right mm. so if it's a uh, let's start with the most formal a uh, red carpet event or like you said a black tie affair right so the men should actually be wearing dark suits um maybe even a tuxedo but a lot of indian men don't like to wear tuxedos because they feel that they look like <laughs> and they do <laughs> And they do. <laughs> so, and, uh, and you know how many how many chances do you get to wear a tuxedo in India? Yeah, hardly, hardly. Do so I it's really not worth investing. Who wore it for his reception, and everyone was like, "Oh, can we order a coke?" From him? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's so sad. Unless everyone else is wearing a tuxedo, it right. makes no yeah. sense for you yeah. to be the only so, one. So, so then, uh, of course, uh, a dark suit and a nice black silk tie with mm-hmm. no design on it. A nice crisp white shirt. White shirt, okay. Not used to be white now, bordering on grey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like really sparkling <laughs> white shirt uh, would work wonderfully for men, mm. and um, uh, for ladies you can wear. Uh, you know, ladies have so many options, so you can wear something very glamorous, the little black dress or a flowing pants, uh, silks, uh, uh, fabrics which have a little bit of sheen. Um, Maybe a sari in India. A sari looks beautiful, wow. even abroad. Sari works quite a lot. You know, a sari is the most well. admired garment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even when you look at all these Cannes Film Festival and all, you mm-hmm. look at the red carpet. It's always the saris that stand out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am a great. I am a total uh, fan of the saris. I think it's a beautiful drape, and um, yeah, saris look fabulous. In fact, the Indian suits also. It, you know, for gala dinners, the suits which are very heavy, maybe not heavy, but plain black or plain white, which are you know very nicely. Designed. You know, I'm not a fan maybe? of churidars and salwar kameezes, so I'm uh, oh, okay. I'm a little biased towards sarees. <laughs> okay, yeah. maybe the designer one these days we have it like the palazzos and all that. They, yeah, I would still western fusion. Okay, yeah, I would still go for a saree. You either go western. the little yeah. black dress mm-hmm. the fancy uh, pants and you know flowing gowns and all mm-hmm. or you go with the sari okay that's my recommendation okay okay then of course any other uh, party which is not as formal as a sit down dinner uh, the idea is smart casual mm. so you should look smart you should look like you've had a shower you know a lot of men don't shave because they like the two day stubble and all. i think that's that doesn't look nice at all please shave gentlemen please cut your hair these days girls have short hair men have long hair i don't know what's <laughs> happening to the world um so smart casuals clean well ironed clothes good quality shoes uh, you know nicely groomed neat and clean tidy mm. uh, should work and then of course you have wine events which are al fresco under the stars um on grass yeah. uh, open air tastings uh, so over there again you need to wear comfortable shoes don't wear heels um, yeah. wear flat shoes uh, you can wear jeans you can wear khakis you can wear cotton shirts or uh, even for la- ladies something off shoulder made in cotton you know because it's it's going to be hot in the sun you can wear a hat dark glasses um uh, i would do is wine festival festivals yeah kind of i would suggest yeah. you carry layers because uh, it does get cold in the evening so maybe yeah. a, a jacket or a sweater or a shawl or a scarf That's how we got cold over the evening yeah this i know it's too late fast when we were last weekend so yes. dressing in layers always helps mm-hmm. and especially if you have to walk through the vineyards and all then the right. temperature can change if they're going to show you the cellar room the temperature might be really cold yeah, there so exactly. it's always uh, nice to do that 
All right, Sunita. So we have something special for you. <laughs> I have like a couple of quick questions. So you have to make sure you answer them quickly and uh, as short as possible. Okay. Are you ready for this? <gasps> I will try. Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A well-known personality you would like to train? Modi. <laughs> a popular actor you think would make a good trainer? You know, I think uh, Anushka Sharma. Ooh. Ooh. Or even Jacqueline Fernandez. I heard her talk and I thought she's got a lot of substance. Nice. Okay, mm. the worst mistake someone can make at a fine dining dinner? Slurp. Oh, and get drunk. Oh. Having no control on the alcohol. Yeah. An embarrassing incident or a person you came across while training? Okay. So this was not when I was training. So I was having uh, lunch with a uh, with a very uh, uh, it was a meeting, okay, over lunch. Um a very sophisticated gentleman, been to Harvard, studied everywhere, all the degrees in place, uh, you know, jobs, global, uh, worked internationally and we were in a very nice Chinese restaurant, the top Chinese restaurant of India. and we were ordering uh, we had we were eating something i of course was eating with my chopsticks uh, which is fine i mean i don't expect mm-hmm. everybody to eat with this chopsticks so um he actually took his knife mm-hmm. and he wiped it on that lovely fresh Ooh. linen napkin Ooh. so there was this hoisin sauce oh my brown god brown hoisin sauce all over that white napkin oh no yeah i think that was really jarring oh my god that can be disturbing <laughs> mm. all right here so the last question is if you guess get to host a show on wine etiquettes which famous personality would you choose to be your co-host raguram rajan all right Ooh, really <laughs> i really dig him <laughs> <laughs> all right so that was a fun round of quick questions and it was really lovely chatting with you sunita thank you so much for coming here and taking time out Likewise, likewise, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sunita. Thank you. And for all our listeners out there, if you want more information on grooming tips and etiquettes, you can log on to sunitakanga.com. And uh, for our podcast uh, to listen to our episode, you can go on SoundCloud, Audio Boom, iTunes, or any other local podcast app. You can like, comment, follow Drinks and Destinations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast on YouTube under the name Indus Vox Media. And uh, while all of us uh, love our tipple, make sure that you drink, drink responsibly. responsibly. Bye.